y'all. Long time no talk. This week's episode is not sponsored by anybody, but if you would like to sponsor any future episodes, please reach out to me at M-P-U-R-V-I-A-N-C-E 97 at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Picture this. You're five years old and get to go to work with dad one day. You're so pumped. You get to spend the whole entire day with your father and all of his buddies who he works with, just taking everything that they do and say in like it's your religion. You spend the day riding in the pickup alongside him and get to listen to all of his favorite songs while you roam from pasture to pasture. You look out the rolled down pickup window and through a sea of sporadic wildflowers and cow-calf pears, you see that a portion of the fence that dad spent hours building is knocked over and a few cows are over at the neighbor's place. Dad sees it too, so he calls one of his buddies to come help him and then attempts to corral those cattle back to the right side of the fence. You sit on the bed of the pickup with the sun reflecting off your cool sunshades grandma bought you for t-ball and watch the two men as they move the cows back over and begin mending the fence. Dad says that if you sit on the tailgate the whole time and don't move, he'll take you to town and buy you a Coke. So your butt is glued to that seat, no matter what. You can't wait to get home to tell mom about what happened. And you're right in the middle of thinking, this is the best day ever. When out of nowhere, you cut your finger on some barbed wire that you've been fidgeting with while sitting on the pickup bed. You let out a loud yelp and squeal a four-letter word. Dad looks up at you in shock and his buddy starts to laugh. We'll talk about this later. Go sit in the pickup. Dad says through furrowed brows. You hop off the bed, open the pickup door, and sit there in confusion, wondering what there is to talk about. So, say that you're this kid's father. What would you do in this situation? I mean, your son has no idea that he's just said a, quote, bad word. He doesn't understand why he's wrong. So would you belittle him? Would you yell at him? How about mock him for not knowing this information, which has clearly not been taught to him in the first place? And today, we'll be talking about this exact scenario, but we'll be relating it to the way that animal agriculture advocates talk to anti-animal agriculture activists. From the Activists versus Agriculture audio archives, I'm Improvise, and this is How Do You Treat Uninformed Consumers? We were all this kid at one point or another, navigating what we perceived as right and wrong as best that we could and hoping that we didn't get in trouble in the process. From the time that we are born until the time that we die, we are constantly trying to differentiate between right and wrong, black and white, up and down. And sometimes our definition of those things is not the same definition as someone else's. That is where we land on a difference of opinion. Contrary to popular belief, opinions can differ and still be formed by solid thoughts. Granted, hard facts can debunk many beliefs, but an opinion is a view or judgment formed about something, not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. It's hard sometimes to spot the difference between a fact and an opinion. Take my writing, for example. This column allows me to express my opinion, but my front page story this week does not share my opinion at all. My front page story shares the opinion of other people, 
but not mine. It can all get a little muddy. So here's one of my opinions for you. PETA is dang good at their job. No, I don't believe in many of the things that the people for the ethical treatment of animals stand for and promote. But there is absolutely no denying that PETA is great at sharing their message to millions of people and gaining the support of a shockingly large portion of said people. It's all about marketing. Marketing, as defined by Merriam-Webster, is the process or technique of promoting, selling, and distributing a product or service. PETA is in the business of destroying animal agriculture, and one of their products is not ruling in dominion over animals and eating them. They promote said product until they're blue in the face, and they do a bang-up job of it. Go check out PETA's Facebook page, or their Twitter feed, or better yet, their YouTube channel. To you and I, animal agriculture enthusiasts, PETA's social media can look like a load of garbage. But to the other 89% of the U.S. population who doesn't rely on agriculture for their livelihood, PETA's social media accounts are like a well of unknown information. You see, PETA knows what sells. They know how to tug on the heartstrings, and they know who needs to hear it. Going off of a simple bell curve, roughly 16% of the population is in blind support of animal agriculture, while another 16% is in blind disapproval of animal agriculture. That 68% of people who are on the fence, the movable middle, that's who PETA preys on. They look at those suburban moms, the college kids who now have their own money and can make their own choices when purchasing food, the adult men who maybe overheard a buff guy at the gym say that he eats vegan to stay fit, and they see an opportunity. They see a chance to sway their opinion to achieve one of their overall goals, abolishing animal agriculture. But what do we see? Do we see opportunity? Do we see a chance to sway their opinion? Better yet, do we jump at the moment where we get a chance to explain just why animal agriculture is a good thing? Nine times out of ten, we just keep our mouth shut. We keep our head down and we keep working. In most aspects of life, I firmly believe that this is the right thing to do. You know, shut up, just keep working. But sometimes when we do this, we're still quick to judge and mock these people after they post about their new lifestyle on Facebook. <laughs> Isn't it strange? Most of us don't have time to advocate for agriculture, but we do have time to scold someone with a different opinion than us, even though they have no inkling of what agriculturalists do because we never told them to begin with. Now, back to the story from the beginning of this podcast, when the kid's father got back to the pickup after fixing fence and gave him a stern talking to, do you think that the father immediately started yelling at his son? Do you think that the father called his son stupid and claimed that he had no respect for his child just because he said a word that he had no idea was even considered a bad word? I'm no parenting expert, but going off of my extensive knowledge of being a kid, I think that if the father did complete these actions, the kid would either talk back or cry. It's human instinct to go into defense mode when someone comes at you in a hostile manner. And it's also our instinct to automatically resent the person mocking or yelling at us. So why do so many of us agriculturalists do this to uninformed consumers? 
This past week, a friend of mine and I put out a survey to gain some knowledge of where animal agriculture enthusiasts and anti-animal agriculture activists stand with each other and how one party believes that they can work with the other party. Next week, I'll share some of these results from this survey. Until then, do me a favor and think about how you would handle the story I told earlier. How would you treat your clueless son? Then I want you to relate that to how you would treat an uninformed consumer and how you believe agriculturalists can connect with these consumers. From the Activist versus Agriculture audio archives, I'm Improvise. And whether you're eating a plant-based diet or a carnivorous diet, be sure to thank an agriculturalist because they're the reason why your belly's full.